0: Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Victory Monday, Holly. How we doing? Victory
1: Monday, and oh, how sweet it is. I mean, anytime you get a win, it's fantastic. When you beat the Patriots and Tom Brady at home in
0: prime time on Sunday night, it's just all the more sweeter. Oh, yes, sir, it is. Uh, Ravens got a big time Dare I say, dominant win, 37 to 20 over the previously undefeated New England Patriots. Always sweet to beat them, like Holly said. You know, I want to. I want to quickly apologize for missing our preview list past week. Uh, just things didn't work out for us a little bit, but we will be better going forward. But I mean, what a game by the Ravens yesterday! What a night. Uh, you know, we have. The Ed Reed Ring of Honor induction, we have a fast start for the Ravens, kind of a lull in the second quarter, and then the dominant second half. So we're going to go through the offense, defense, special teams. Uh, We'll hand out a game ball, talk about our pop of the week. Uh, We will go inside the bank with Michael Long on a very, very electric night in M&T Bank Stadium, and then we will look forward to Week 10 as the Ravens travel to the Cincinnati Bengals for a divisional matchup. Oh, boy. The Ravens, like I said, off to a hot, hot start, and it all started with the ground game.
1: Just ground and pound. I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, we go into this season, you hear about, oh, the Ravens, they're just going to reinvent offense. Well, I think last night's performance was a perfect, a perfect example of what the Ravens want to do pretty much every game now on offense. I mean, as you said, the ground game especially in that first quarter as the ravens built that 17 nothing lead
0: just total domination that was it was unbelievable the patriots were stacking the box and stopping to stop the run and they were like all right lamar's going to have to throw the ball and guess what they couldn't stop the run even with the with the stacked box i mean they they kept saying the patriots are very assignment based uh, defense And, you know, they were missing up their assignments. And, and a lot of that is because of Lamar's ability to run the ball. You just have to account for another person, blah, blah, blah. You've heard that a million times. But this is a Bill Belichick defense. And they just look bad. They're supposed to be the greatest defense of all time. We're hearing so many stats, all this hoopla about this New England Patriots defense. And they look Bad. They like they look like a middle of the road every year, you know, in and out kind of New England Patriots defense. That like there's nothing to write home about these guys. And I was thinking like, do these guys actually like kind of suck? Because it was it was just easy early on.
1: It, it really was easy early on. I mean, you, you've got to obviously give props to the offensive line and to Lamar and to Mark Ingram and Ricard and all the tight ends and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there is no way that that defense last night would ever sniff being one of the best defenses of all time. I mean, that that talk was so absurd to begin with because, number one, as we texted before the game, now, obviously, this is going to sound like it's purple-colored glasses, but I don't... (coughs) Excuse me. I don't really feel that way i think you know when you compare this okay let's let's taking last night out of the equation because because obviously the the uh you know the patriots defense was was shown showed what they truly are last night against the ravens but taking that out of the equation they will always have tom brady as their starting quarterback in no scenario Will any team with any decent starting quarterback or offense ever be better than the 2000 Ravens defense, which had just about zero on offense? They had Jamal Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, and Shannon. That is it. Okay, I'll give you Priest Holmes, but he was Mm -hmm. not the man that year like he was. You know the years to come for the Chiefs. I mean, Jamal mm-hmm. was really the. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to take too much away from Priest Holmes that year, but that was really Jamal. When Jamal started yes. at running back, that's when the offense really took off. So you know they had that left side of the offensive line, Ogden and Molotalo, and they had Jamal, and then they'd throw occasionally to Shannon Sharp. That was about it. Trent Dilfer was the starting quarterback. That offense last night for the Patriots, I can say was miles beyond what that offense for the 2000 Ravens was. So let's just put anything to bed right now that any team will ever be better than that 2000 defense that won the Super Bowl by themselves, essentially. Anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll get off my soapbox for the moment, but, but what you said though, TK is completely right. I mean, what, what a crappy defense. I mean, you start looking <laughs> at the names, you start looking at the names. I mean, you know, Okay. John Simon, okay.
0: Former uh, Ravens great?
1: Yeah, former Ravens, pra- you know, practice squad, training camp great. Uh, Lawrence uh, Guy? Lawrence Guy, exactly. Really nice player. Is he the anchor of the greatest defense of all time? No. Come on. Get over mm-hmm. yourselves. Um, you know, Winovich, the the rookie from, Michi- from Michigan that, you know, I think you, you and I both wanted him in the draft. Great Could be a really good player. Probably will be a player we hate in the years to come for the Patriots. But right now, he's a rookie. You know, I mean, there's... there's, You know, Stephon Gilmore is very good. You know, am I ready to call him the best corner in the NFL? Not necessarily. Of course, I think we know who, who I might think is the best corner yeah, we in the have NFL that guy. right now. We may have that guy on the Ravens. But, you know, I... It, it was just pretty clear last night when our offense got on the field with their defense,
0: it was no, no contest. None. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, like I, I don't think they suck. I think they are still like a pretty solid defense, but nowhere near the class that they were putting themselves in. No, as far as like their, you know, their stats go. And and yeah, I mean, they have a ton of turnovers on the year. They got, you know, one more, uh, on Mark Ingram yesterday, but again, like like you said, the Ravens' offense was just better. Like the, the the New England Patriots' defense has a problem up front. You know, if you stack the box and a team still runs the ball on you, and this is the second week in a row, the Browns like really effectively ran on the Patriots last week too, and they don't have nearly the rushing attack that we do, and you know we go for two hundred plus on them, and. Man, like, it was just really impressive. You know, some of the, you know, pitch option plays were, were pretty cool. The little, uh, you know, tap pass to Marquise Brown was pretty cool. So really, really going into uh, some very complex play calls, you could see a lot of very heavy formations uh, that, that Greg Roman was calling yesterday. You know, multiple tight ends, plus Patrick Ricard. I cannot say enough of the job that Nick Boyle and Patrick Gerhard did yesterday along with the offensive line. It was just so impressive to see them, you know, either pulling or setting the edge and not letting these New England defenders uh, get out and string out some of these plays to the outside. But, yeah, it it was just so fun to watch this, uh, that front, um, you know, big Ronnie Stanley. You saw Orlando Brown Jr. yanking Lamar Jackson into the end zone. I mean, and and Marshall Yanda, they highlighted him a few times getting after some defenders. And, man, it was just a pleasure to watch the offensive line play yesterday.
1: It really was. I mean, just domination. I mean, Gus Edwards had some nice runs. Of course, he had a touchdown run. You know, even, even with the fumble, I mean, Mark Ingram just taking over the game at certain points. Not only just running the football, but some fantastic catches out of the backfield, um, you know, staying in bounds and getting several mm-hmm. extra yards yes. after the fact. I mean, just it, you know, we said it after the after the Seattle game, even more so this week. What an addition and a weapon he has been for the Ravens, on and off the field. Just such a great addition to this team. Um, just love to see that, um, you know, and, and, and I love to see how the team bounced back. I'll be honest Mm -hmm. with you. I was ready to cut Cyrus Jones when he (laughs) fumbled that ball yesterday. I was, I was done, you know, having, you know, they come right back and score and then Mark Ingram fumbles and they go right back and they kick a field goal and you're thinking, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. It should be 24 to nothing right now. And we just gave him 10 points back. You know, it it was so frustrating and and I have to say the, the resilience of the team was impressive. You know, there are other, even this season, there have been games where the Ravens probably would have crumbled under the pressure of having given up the turnover and, you know, they go right down and score. You know, that that's it. You've just opened the floodgates for the Patriots. Tom Brady does his thing and everybody goes home disappointed. Well, that didn't happen. You can you can, you know, point to the defense playing probably a little above their heads yesterday. We can talk about more that about them in a minute. But the real key was that offense. Ground and pound, time of possession. The best way to, to make sure Tom Brady doesn't score is to keep him off the field. And just fantastic job by the Ravens offense yesterday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned to keep Tom Brady off the field. The Ravens had the ball for 37 minutes yesterday. And they went on another vintage fourth quarter drive. The fourth quarter... Kind of started for the Ravens on offense after the Earl Thomas interception, which we can talk about in a little bit. But that was with 12 minutes and 47 seconds left in the game. The Patriots didn't get the ball back until – let me see. I have the exact timestamp here. They didn't get the ball back until 3 minutes and 12 seconds left. I mean, is that a way to take the air out of a team or what? I mean, just don't give them the ball back and go on a long, long drive. I, that was absolutely incredible, capped off by a nice touchdown run, which I referenced before, um, Orlando Brown Jr., not only dragging Lamar into the end zone, but two defenders hanging on to Lamar. He was fending off two defenders on his own back, and the, what an effort that was by both players. What a great drive that was, and um, really, I mean, that's, that's just becoming vintage for this team now, that long fourth-quarter drive.
1: It is. I mean, it certainly in, in any sort of win, the Ravens are just, you know, running the other team into the ground, getting that time of possession and, and holding on to the ball until that clock runs out. I mean, it, it's, it's a great strategy for the way this team is built. Um, and you know, it it, more so than just keeping the ball away from the offense. I mean, as we transition over to talk about the defense, you know, I, I think we saw in the second quarter of the game yesterday that, you know, the depth on that Ravens defense definitely can be nerve wracking at times. And if, if the Ravens were not able to, Sustain some of the drives like they were it probably would have been a much different game because the Patriots definitely had the Ravens defense pretty much on their last legs at different
0: points in the second quarter yeah yeah for sure and before we we flip over the defense I just did want to talk about Lamar throwing the ball and it wasn't like deep shots down the field or or you know big time plays but he did make some some really really nice throws the one that really stands out to me is right after the patriots scored a, a touchdown in the second half there to make it 24 to 20 there was a third and 5 you uh, know looked like a zero all out blitz uh, that the patriots were were coming with and lamar just put an absolute dime up to uh, mark andrews for the first down and then the other one was the fourth down conversion to Willie Sneed, kind of moving the pocket over to the right, you know, get things moving a little bit. And he was able to find Willie Sneed on the sideline and then two really nice uh, third down conversions to Mark Ingram, which you reference, you know, tiptoeing along the sideline and, and just beating linebackers to the spot. So he did make some really nice throws as well. You know, he did enough to make the Patriots respect it and did enough to to beat the Patriots with it when, when he had to do it with his arm. So you know it's not just the ground game you got to prepare for the pass too you know he has that ability to beat you and and you know other you know teams continue to be surprised by that but we've seen it time and time again now
1: yeah i mean i mean I, just everything about lamar in general with this offense i mean think about the play where he's running around and he just sort of slipped by Kyle Van Noy.
0: My goodness.
1: I mean, it's just silly. I mean, it, it really is like he's running around and everybody else is on slow motion. I mean, the fact that he was able to just kind of slide by another professional athlete without that guy even really being able to make any tweak in his change of direction <laughs> yeah, at all. Right. I mean, at right. all. It wasn't even, like, in the span of, of Van Noy thinking he had him wrapped up, Lamar made, like, five jukes and then just walked right by him. I mean, that just doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it happens, And... Yeah. It's it's so much fun to watch. I mean, how many years have we watched? I mean, the entire Ravens' existence up until last year. They have never had, and, and obviously you can say this probably, why. there's never been a player in the NFL quite like Lamar Jackson. I mean, <laughs> uh, Michael Vick notwithstanding. I mean, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think he was, at, at this point, you, you probably can favorably compare, you know, Vick and, RG3 and, you know, some of these other flash-in-the-pan quarterbacks um, to Lamar at this point. Hopefully, you know, obviously Lamar has some some more staying power than those two, but he's doing things in the NFL we've never seen before. And, God, is it fun, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. I mean, how great, how great is this going to be as we continue to, to watch the Ravens for hopefully years to come?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I have two things uh, about that play. Now, the first thing is everybody says, like, oh, like, Lamar Jackson is a video game. I'm not sure you can do this kind of stuff in video games. Like, I don't think Madden is built for this yet. Like, their engineers have a lot of work to do to try to simulate Lamar Jackson in the next game. Well, I And
1: he was so close to to Van Noy, the computer would
0: have said, oh, that's a tackle. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, the graphics and like whatever physics that they have built into Madden does not account for Lamar Jackson yet like it's not a video game this is real life and the video game needs to adjust to him which is absolutely unbelievable now the second thing is last year when Lamar Jackson took over one of my one of my kind of concerns was is the offensive line going to have some trouble adjusting to his st- style of extending the play and things like that. And that particular play, if you go back and watch, you can see that they are absolutely locked in with, with that style of extending the play because when Lamar Jackson kind of he, – he starts going right and then sees the defender right in his face and he goes back left. And you can, see, you can see that Ronnie Stanley is away from the play, but he stays in it. And he gets in the way just enough to slow down a defender to allow – Jackson to continue to cut up and escape Kavanoy. And then the other thing that happens is Skura sees what's going on and then just leaks up field and gets a block like eight, nine yards down the field, which allows Jackson to get to the first down marker. So like, you know, they're lockstep with Lamar, you know, ready for him to make an absolutely ridiculous play. And that is what allows him to do some of this stuff as well. So I thought that was really, really cool to see that the offensive line is, is just right there with him no matter what he tries to do.
1: That's a great that's a great observation. I mean, they really they really are they've got to have their heads on a swivel the entire game trying to figure out, "Well, wait a minute, where's our quarterback?" So, I mean, the fact they're able to not only sustain their blocks but somehow figure out where they need to go to, you know, keep keep holes opening up for Lamar is pretty ter-
0: tremendous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I mentioned Ronnie Stanley late in the game. He seemed to be hobbled on his knee a little bit. He did come out healthy, which I was very pleasantly surprised by. Uh, you know, he did finish the game and, and played every snap. So, you know, hopefully it was just like a, you know, a little tweak or something like that. And, you know, and, and hopefully he'll be good uh, going forward. But did you have anything else to add here on, on the offense before you flip it over?
1: At least not for now. I mean, you know, in a perfect world, I think I would have loved to have seen, you know, Hollywood get a little bit more involved than he was. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know, from Mark Andrews and, you know, all of that good stuff. But I'm never going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, it was a fantastic performance by the Ravens. Sure, you can start nitpicking things here and there, I'm sure. But the great performance by the offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. now let's flip it over. Let's talk about this. Ravens defense a whole lot different from that game uh, against the Browns where they got embarrassed a little bit. Um, This defense has has completely changed. You know, coming off of the bye as well, uh, things were a lot different. You get a guy like Jimmy Smith back. You get Peanut and Wasso back. And uh, Peanut particularly made some big plays.
1: He did. He was was a force in the middle, I think, you know— Two more weeks in the Ravens system for Marcus Peters, who yet again played, I think, all the defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jimmy Smith, as you mentioned, it, it was a big return for him. He had a nice game. Obviously, Marlon Humphrey with the scoop and score of the fumble. You know, I mean, uh, uh, all in all, the secondary is going to have to be the the playmakers for this team the rest of the year. I mean, that just is, is what it is. Pretty much every play is either going to be a nickel or dime package for this defense. They're going to be daring teams to run on them throughout the rest of the year, Um, which concerns me because if the Ravens ever do face somewhat of a carbon copy of themselves, I don't see how our defense would necessarily be able to sustain, you know, over the course of a full game. Um, But that said, they played out of their heads last night. Um, fantastic job all the way around. I, I really can't, I, I really don't have any complaints about the Ravens defense last night. They played a hell of a ball game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, getting Jimmy Smith back, I think, was a huge deal. You know, a, a lot of what they did yesterday was like six defensive backs, seven defensive backs, and, you know, just send the blitz. You know, the blitz was very effective yesterday, rushing just four guys, not so much. Uh, but the blitzes did, did get to, Tom Brady, you know, the prime example was the interception that Earl Thomas made. It was a big quarterback hit by um, Matthew Judon, I'm sorry. And, you know, the Ravens end up with 10 quarterback hits. They had two sacks. And, you know, that's what it's going to have to be. And, And really, we talked about this cyclical relationship between the secondary and the pass rush. And the secondary has remained solid, which allows that pass rush you know, you can blitz when you have guys like Jimmy Smith back and Marlon Humphrey playing really well and Marcus Peters now. And, you know, that allowed the pass rush to get home is is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, Earl Thomas made a couple big plays. You know, he had the pass break, break up on the goal line to force a field goal uh, right before the half. And uh, obviously the interception deep in the middle of the field, especially on Ed Reed night at the stadium So it was good to see our new free safety making some big time plays like we're used to.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the biggest play by Earl Thomas, I mean, as as nice as the interception was at the time, it was somewhat of a, somewhat of a game ender. Not quite that at that point, but it was, it was almost at that point. I think the bigger play was in the first half when he had that huge knockdown of Mm -hmm. the pass in the end zone. I mean, that, That saved, I think, did they end up kicking a field goal, I think, at that point?
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: So that was a major momentum killer, you know, as far as for the Patriots. I mean, to be able to just, you know, hold them off from getting a touchdown there was so big. I mean, that was in that whole stretch where the Ravens just couldn't really buy too much offensively and were making some mistakes and allowing the Patriots to get back in it. So, I mean, that was such a big move. For, for somebody to, like an Earl Thomas, to step up and make that, make that play. I mean, you've got to think, and I think I might have even mentioned this on text to you as we were watching the game, but, you know, he's definitely settling in now. I mean, there's, you know, I think that win in Seattle went a long way. I think for him to settle in as a Raven accept the players around him a little bit more as this is my team. I think that really, it, it, there, there was a palpable difference. Now maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but did you see the same thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he's been like pretty aggressive all year, but it, it just seems to be a different, different decisiveness, a different aggressiveness that we saw yesterday breaking on that ball to you know, to bat it down at the, at the goal line and prevent that touchdown. And just his, like I said, the decisiveness and his aggressiveness to break on balls and make tackles. And it's just, you know, he had the quarterback hit on Tom Brady early on. And, you know, he's, he's just playing at a very, very high level. Now he is becoming that guy that we expected, you know, once we signed him and man, that secondary is just so good. I mean, like I said, guys like Humphrey is playing at a high level. I mean, he's deserving of not only the Pro Bowl, but all pro. And some people are even getting him into the defensive player of the year conversation with, you know, multiple fumble recoveries, multiple fumbles forced, a couple touchdowns now, you know. And, you know, now he's following guys like Edelman and, you know, he switched onto to Sanu once he started giving the Ravens some trouble. You know, he does it all for the defense. And, you know, I, I don't think we can we can ignore the play of Chuck Clark as well I mean he's been terrific on the back end so that secondary is really setting the tone and one of the guys up front that I want to mention and I mentioned him last week um or, or the last game is Jalen Ferguson I mean he's been put in a really difficult position for a rookie and he is still playing really really well
1: yeah I even got the start yesterday now I don't know how many other players who really have the start at defensive end at this point but or outside linebacker as it were but yeah he gets starting to get uh, a lot more playing time for sack daddy. So hopefully uh, he can continue to uh, improve and, and maybe even become somewhat somewhat of a weapon for us as the season progresses. That might be a little too positive, but you know, I think uh, it's definitely good to see. There's no question that his, his development as we move forward, you know, I just going back to the DBs. I mean, we can match up with anybody as long mm-hmm. as everyone that's currently there stays healthy. They can match up Marlon Humphrey against whoever the hell they want, and they can still have two lockdown corners on either side. You know, I mean that's crazy. I mean to think that they they could have Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters, who we would normally think, oh God, they're they're fan- they're the best corner pair in the league, and then you throw in Marlon Humphrey. I mean. That's ridiculous, I and mean, then the fact that we can have Brandon Carr play that hybrid safety corner yeah. role—I mm-hmm. mean, it's—it's it's really it, that move with Marcus Peters makes so much sense. I mean, it—it—it it, it seemed to be kind of a shocker, somewhat. Um, you know, oh, they're getting another DB now. Granted, with the injuries, you know, you you, you can see it more, I guess, but. But it was still somewhat of a, oh, wow, we, we made that move for Marcus Peters, and what an amazing move that is. I mean, if you as you look at this defense, and how much, even without Jimmy Smith against the, the Seahawks, how much Peters made a difference. I mean, it's, uh, I, I guess it's the, you know, it's essentially the, the difference between playing Anthony Averett a whole lot and playing Marcus Peters. And I think uh, we're, we're seeing some of the difference there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the little details that I guess I kind of noticed late in the game yesterday when the Patriots finally did get the ball back is the Ravens defenders did a really nice job of tackling the Patriots inbounds. And, you know, that is such a big deal to just like continue to let that clock run instead of, you know, that Patriots offense is kind of, you know, get the ball out to either Edelman or James White or Rex Burkhead or somebody like that, get them in space and let them run and you know, they kind of scoot out of bounds and all of a sudden the game gets really extended. But on, on a couple on a couple occasions it was Peanut and it was Brandon Carr that brought down brought guys down in bounds, which I don't think should go ignored. I think that was, you know, really, really good by them and and probably something that was probably harped upon quite a bit during the bye week and the week preparing, is that we have to limit the yards after the catch. And I think everybody did a really good job uh, of that, you know, we were talking a little bit before, you know, Edelman had 10 catches for almost 90 yards. Sanu had 10 catches for 81 yards and a touchdown, but none of them were like massive backbreaking plays, I guess. You know, the guys were on them almost immediately. And that had to be one of the key points that the defensive staff had. So, yeah, I mean, that was that was really nice to see. And, you know, they obviously had a very good plan going into it. Now, the special teams. Uh, you know, we got a couple grapes here, Cyrus Jones, give me your thoughts. You know, you know, man, I,
1: I don't, I really don't
0: understand
1: why look, I love John Harbaugh. You know, I know I've had my moments, you know, where I've questioned whether he's the right man for the team and blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously he is at this point, he's, he's, he's remade himself and everything else, but why the hell? can a guy who is a special teams mastermind not consistently have returners that can do a decent job and at least catch the ball? I mean, that's that's my frustration is why can't we just have someone that's good returning (laughs) kicks? I mean, Cyrus Jones is okay. I'm not trying to say he sucks but i will say i wanted to cut his ass after he fumbled against the patriots i'll be quite honest with you i you know and he he he's one of those players that gets the fumbles just like apparently justice hill gets the fumbles and you know that that kind of thing just can't happen it just it just grinds my gears especially on a fair catch he's fair catching a punt and he can't put it away. Now, look, I'm not a professional athlete for a reason. I would muff that every time. He's a professional damn athlete. He needs to catch that punt. It's a fair catch. So, Anyway, sorry. thats I'm going to get off my soapbox. You can tell I'm a little pissed still.
0: Yeah, I was uh, not thrilled with that either, obviously. I mean, he's on the team for one reason. And, and that's to return punts. He doesn't even return kickoffs. And, you know, if you can't do punt returns well, I mean, I, like, I don't know. The, the Ravens over the bye week brought in DeAnthony Thomas, who was the Chiefs punt returner for a little bit. And, you know, if, if, if other options need to be explored, then, then they need to be explored. Because that fumble by Cyrus Jones could have been absolutely disastrous if you talk about the momentum of the game. You know, the Ravens had everything working in their favor and then lose the fumble in the red zone, allow for the Patriots first score of the game. And it was just really, really bad timing for him. And maybe, maybe if that happens while it's a 17 point game in the fourth quarter, that's one thing, but to happen in the first quarter and give the Patriots additional opportunities in such terrific field position and where they go on to convert is, uh, is really frustrating. So this might be a position to watch to see if the Ravens bring anybody in, to see if they give other guys reps there, and um, yeah, I, th- I think Cyrus Jones is, is could potentially be on the hot seat right now. You know, he did stay in the game as the partner Turner later on, and so that kind of makes me think maybe he's not quite in the doghouse yet because Harbaugh is generally very definitive in his doghouse sentencing. Uh, you know, it it's pretty immediate and it's pretty, pretty obvious. So just the fact that he stayed in the game at the punt return position uh, was was kind of telling to me that maybe he's uh, safer than we would think.
1: Well, you know, as much as I agree with you with that, you know, as far as Harbaugh and his doghouse and all that good stuff, who else would he have put in?
0: Well, yeah, that's the other thing. We don't really I have mean, anybody I'm not else.
1: Sure, yeah. Willie I, Sneed, I mean, maybe? Unless he's gonna take, yeah. I mean, unless somebody random like Willie Sneed or maybe one of the DBs who, so at this point, we don't want to put on special teams because they're they're too precious to our defense. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know who else really have to run back kicks. I mean, um, shit. At this point throw Patrick Ricard out there and he'll carry, carry people down the field for about 20 yards until he goes down. I mean, obviously (laughs) I'm kidding with that, but it's definitely something that they've got to worry about. I mean, and, and it goes back to, you know, our discussion from a few weeks ago, how many special teams, only guys can the Ravens have on the team that don't do anything else? You know, I mean, yeah. how else is Cyrus Jones contributing to this team? The only way he contributes is through returning kicks. If he can't catch the damn ball when he's when he's trying to field a you know, a, a punt, a fair catch no less, then what what use is he to the Ravens? He's not a very good D B. Otherwise we wouldn't have needed to trade for Marcus Peters. So, or, and we probably wouldn't have been playing Anthony Averett as much as we had if he was worth his salt as a DB. So, where, you know, where is his use on the roster if not to cleanly field kicks?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly true. And it's definitely a situation to monitor. The other thing uh, that maybe didn't go so swell was uh, Justin Tucker finally missing a point after attempt. Uh, it could have been a big deal because that would have extended the game to 11 points, which would have forced the Patriots to have to score a two-point conversion. Um, in the end, not a big deal. I mean, not not concerned about Tucker at all, but just a little bit surprised to see that. I mean, he doesn't miss. It's crazy. And then yeah. it happened. Yeah. And then, you know, well, now it's not going to happen for like another 200 kicks. So we're good. Right.
1: Well, you would think so. But he missed a He missed an extra point last year. So, you know, and Mm -hmm. in a very crucial spot against the Saints. So, look, I'm not using that as in any way to be critical of Justin Tucker. I think that's, as you said, that's an absolute
0: anomaly. Um, We might not ever
1: see it the rest of his
0: career. Yeah, you'd hope not. And, you know, he did come back and, and make one more after that. So uh, no ill effects uh, of that. Um, kickoff return, kickoff coverage, like not that great either. I mean, I think either you know, there has been some turnover on the on the special teams personnel, and I think they just need to clean it up a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, of of the three phases of the game, maybe the special teams was kind of the weak link yesterday. It
1: was, which isn't, isn't normally the case, but, but look, I'd, I'd rather see the the special teams do what they did in a win than, mm-hmm. than the loss, because that would make what happened yesterday, all the worse. whether you're talking about <laughs> fumbles on, you know, kicks or, you know, miss extra points and all the, the ridiculousness that could happen in between, you know, if we're going to be sloppy on special teams, at least let it happen in a win.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, Maybe let's get back to some positivity here. Let's uh, hand out a game ball. Who you got?
1: My game ball is going to have to go to Lamar Jackson. I know that that seems obvious at times. And, it, you know, pretty much in every Ravens win, most likely the game ball could go to Lamar. I But I'm mostly choosing him because of the circumstances around the game. You know, his first big primetime matchup, it's against the Patriots. You know, everything about this screamed Tom Brady was going to win this game. Or this is a Tom Brady, you know, tailor-made, you know, night for him to just come into Baltimore and be Tom Brady. So Lamar had had somewhat of a coming out party, uh, at least the primetime version of a coming out party. He was able to show the the country what what he's made of, what the, what the Ravens are made of. And uh, I got to give my game ball to Lamar.
0: Yeah. So like you said, anytime the Ravens win, it's probably going to be a lot of Lamar going on. So I, for the rest of the season, I'm going to ch- try to challenge myself to pick somebody other than Lamar. And so yesterday I'm going to stick to the offense and I'm going to give it to, Nick Boyle, the tight end, his first career touchdown, led the team with five catches yesterday. Probably not the guy that the Patriots were really focused in on catching the ball that many times. But, I mean, he did a great job as a blocker. You know, y- you can really see why yesterday. Uh, you can really see why the Ravens signed him to such a lucrative deal, um, you know, as a blocker, you know, whether it's along the line of scrimmage or if he's lining up at the backfield. And then catching the ball yesterday, he he showed that he could do that a little bit as well. So Nick Boyle gets my game ball. Pop of the week. You got one?
1: I do. I've got to go with Patrick Ricard. I believe it was in the third quarter. Took a little pass out of the backfield for eight yards. Not only did the big old fullback defensive lineman get a first down, he carried about six defenders with him over that first down line. I mean, just what a force he can be for the offense and the defense. He really should have probably gotten my game ball, but but he gets he gets my pop of the week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. Mine is going to be Jimmy Smith coming back from injury uh, right after the Cyrus Jones fumble. Uh, Tom Brady flipped out a quick pass to Philip Dorsett and Jimmy Smith. Came up and absolutely cleaned him up. Knocked the ball loose for an incomplete pass. It was a clean hit. It was a really nice hit. And it was a nice announcement from Smith to say, I'm back. Don't forget about me. We got a lot of big names in the secondary, but don't forget about Jimmy Smith. So he gets my pop of the week. And now we had our recurring guest, our correspondent from the bank, Michael Long. He was in attendance at the game yesterday. So let's go to him and see what it was like inside the bank. Okay, now we welcome on Michael Long, our recurring correspondent from Inside the Bank. Michael, been a few weeks since we had you on. How you doing? Very good.
2: Always better after a
0: win. Yeah, yeah, a little tired after the night game maybe.
2: It was uh it was a tough Monday getting into work. It was a long night trying to get out of the out of the parking lot cuz everybody was there till the very end, but uh you know, always worth it after a win for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean so so in the city, I mean the, the game was pretty much like on a fever pitch for two weeks because we had the bye week. So I mean it just felt like the the energy was just off the charts in there. It felt like almost like the crowd was like a playoff atmosphere. Oh, for sure.
2: I mean it was like we said, it was building up for two weeks. I mean we were we were talking last Sunday, just how excited we were, and then just as the week went on, it was everybody was looking forward to you know, the, the, the the full experience of a Sunday and then we get the night game on top of that. So it was just building up for, you know, the whole football afternoon, but the, the city was electric. I know the South side of the city was great. The parking lot for, for the tailgate was, I've never seen it that crowded. And then, you know, just the whole game in general, start to finish before the game was awesome. But, uh, they, they did a really good job of trying to set the stage for, um, you know, what ended up being a great performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, right before the game, we had Ed Reed come out, uh, for his introduction. What was that like? Well, not only Ed
2: Reed coming out because that always gets the fire, uh, the crowd fired up, you know, with the Reed chants, but just the whole intros in general with the blackout, them using those new led lights, mm-hmm. um, they had a spotlight right on the tunnel coming out, but they had the defense come out. It was, it was pretty sweet. Um, it seemed like something like almost out of like a movie. It didn't really seem, it wasn't like any Ravens intro that I've seen in the past. I would have loved to have something like that when, you know, Ray Lewis was coming out of the tunnel, but, um, yeah, Reed coming out always gets the crowd going. They went to Ray a few minutes later. um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty sweet. They definitely pulled out all the stops.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned the LED lights, and, uh, you know, after every touchdown, they would kind of flash those. What was that like in the stadium? Because it looked pretty cool on TV. It was
2: – I saw some of the videos of it on TV. It's something that, like, in person, it was just so cool. And I I, I just – I've never seen anything like that. I know they have them at a few of the other stadiums now, but – just there was only a few lights that remained on it was pretty dark in that place yeah that um it was almost like an arena kind of entrance at like a basketball game or hockey game um but the added spotlights kind of going around the stadium and then be on like one individual player it was something that looked just so cool in person like even taking a video of it on a cell phone just doesn't really do it justice um but i'm you know, looking forward to if they have. I know we have the Jets later on this season. I'm sure they'll do something very similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I would think so. So, Ravens hop out to a big time lead. You know, get a get a few stops on the Patriots. Crowds going nuts, and then Cyrus Jones fumbles. Uh-huh. What? And then and then Mark Ingram fumbles. Like, what was that roller coaster like in the stadium? Did you sense like any panic? Did were you hearing anything from any Patriots fans in the crowd? There were quite a few Patriots fans out
2: there. Um, But, you know, it's, we got out to such a big lead and it just seems so just typical of the Ravens to just let them back into it. And Cyrus Jones fumbles after another three and out. It was three straight three and outs. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it was just kind of like a nervous, like, oh, here we're going to let them right back in it. And sure enough, I think they scored a touchdown on the first one, right? Yeah. And then Ingram fumbles, and it's just like we're letting them hang around. And you just can't make those kind of mistakes against the Patriots. And fortunately, you know, they made some mistakes themselves. But it was more of just like an anxiousness, like, oh, here we go again. Because there was no reason that that game should have been, you know, what, 20 to 17 and fourteen to 17 to 13, whatever it may have been, just – It should never have been that close with how much of a hot start we got out to.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of those two gimmies, I mean, the Ravens Mm -hmm. pretty much dominated. So I kind of want to ask you about like the long drive in the fourth quarter. I mean, when the Ravens just sustain their possession and that Mm -hmm. that was like a nine minute drive there. So what does that feel like in the stadium? It is like. I feel like it might like kind of lull you to sleep until a first down conversion. And then you just kind of sit around until they wait, uh, wait around to, to snap the ball again, or you no. know, are you still on the edge of your seat?
2: So on Sunday, I, I mean, I don't know, I didn't mention this earlier. I didn't sit down the whole game. We were standing nice. the entire game, all four quarters, everybody, at least in the section where I was, um, which was very cool, very reminiscent of a playoff game. You obviously had a big game feel to it. But when they're on offense like that and Lamar Jackson and Ingram and those those guys are rolling with the ground game, it can be like a four yard gain or five yard gain. But everybody's standing up. I mean, he's he's must see action on the field. Um, and when that offense is rolling, even if it's one of those longer drives, everybody's on the edge of their seat or just, you know, standing up the whole time. It's it's pretty fun watching that offense in person. Um I mean, as it is on TV, but just seeing him run around and just having the success that they have—it's just nothing like anything we've ever had before. Um, I know I said it a couple of weeks ago, where it's usually the defense is the must-see action, um, mm-hmm. but now you're not wanting to leave your seat, you're not wanting to miss any offensive plays, just because of how dynamic they are. And it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's nothing like anything we've ever had, and it's—it's it's something really cool to watch in person.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, adding Hollywood Brown back to the picture, too. I mean, that early little, you tap pass, you know, he turns awesome. the corner and everybody goes nuts because you like you immediately think he could take it to the house. And, when he, you know, just having go ahead, Sorry. Yeah. When
2: he when he kicks it into high gear, that's it's it's like watching Lamar run. I mean, he may even mm-hmm. be faster. But when he turned that corner, I thought he was gone. It looked like a like a punt return with just the punter to beat and the guy just kind of forced him out. But. They have
0: weapons all over the place. It's 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 something pretty cool. Pretty cool to watch. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, we can't really go much farther without discussing uh, the Ed Reed Ring of Honor induction. You know, what was that ceremony like? And, you know, he gave us one of his uh, vintage uh, Baltimore. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Always gets the crowd going. It was just like the parade. He knows what mm-hmm. the crowd wants.
2: But uh, <laughs> It's always cool seeing those. You know, the legends back in there. I mean, he got them fired up before the game. It's really cool to see everybody come back. You know, all the other uh, Hall of Famers were in the house. Um, But, you know, it's always good to see him there. I'm sure he got the guys fired up this week. I'm sure he stopped by the practice facility. But, you know, him getting his Hall of Fame ring, being honored at home for such a big game. It's smart, whoever planned that out, that he was going to do it for the Patriots game.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, but always, always
2: cool seeing him in the house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think nobody, that was a really good choice. Yeah. Nobody
2: cooler than Ed Reed,
0: you no, no chance. One of a kind. And yeah. Yeah. Between the hats and the, the cigars and the oh, yeah. beard and everything. He's just a very cool guy. So, <laughs> uh, next game against the Bengals. What are you, what are you looking for here?
2: I hope we just take care of business. There's, I I just I don't want it to be a game that we kind of look over. I hope the offense goes out and just dominates. Um, I think we kind of ran at will on them the first time. Um, they're starting that rookie quarterback for his first career game so I would look for our defense to kind of just keep it moving or keep it rolling. Um, hopefully we have a nice convincing win, a stress-free Sunday yeah. uh, kind of before a couple of these games at you know, everybody's had circled on the schedule for a little bit as our tough stretch. So hopefully just a nice relaxing, you know, uh, good road win, another division win, and then we'll
0: be, you know, on our way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, keep, uh, keep away from the, from the Steelers who are, you know, unfortunately hanging around for a little bit, but a division win will definitely help with that. Michael, thank you again. We will chat with you after the next home game. And, uh, Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you to Michael. I mean, it was important for us to catch up with him after that game. I mean, such an electric atmosphere. You know, we've had some trouble connecting with him on a couple uh, after a couple home games. We're glad we got with him on that one. And we will be back with him as the season continues. But now it is time for us to look forward to week 10 as the Ravens take a road trip to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Some new faces for the Bengals. Uh, They are starting a new quarterback. For the first time in a long time, it's not going to be Andy Dalton. It will be Ryan Finley uh, at the helm. And most likely, they're going to get A.J. Green back. What are some of the things that you're looking at here? And maybe we can just jump right into a bulletin board material since we've seen the Bengals already this year.
1: Well, I I mean, the main thing, you've got to look for Ravens domination. I think we would both agree that... The last time we played the Bengals, it was a whole lot closer than it should have been, at least score wise. You know, I think the Ravens pretty much dominated the game, but really could have pulled away a few times when, and, and we're never able to. So certainly when we're playing a rookie quarterback, um, a, a team that's down on its luck in general, you, you've got to capitalize and, the worst thing for this team would be come off would to come off the highs of you know winning in Seattle at home against the Pats, and then to lose against the Bengals would just be terrible. So they this is this is a must win game.
0: Yeah, I mean this is set up for a classic letdown game. I mean, electric atmosphere at home, the 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 Ravens of, of Yesteryear have struggled in Cincinnati. You know, we keep saying that that's not going to be the case with Lamar at the helm. But I mean, this is just set up for for a letdown game, and it's really going to be on on the coaching staff to not let that happen. Uh, AJ Green potentially coming back, notoriously a Ravens killer. Um, you know, a young quarterback is going to be looking his way quite a bit as well. So it'll it'll be a major key to see if he is active for this game. It would be the first time all year, and um, you know we do have the guys to lock him down and and make other guys beat you. But they do have other guys. They have guys like Joe Mixon. Obviously, we saw him earlier this year. Tyler Boyd is a talented player, and um, yeah, I mean we, we, the pass rush really turned up this past weekend, and I think they got to do it again against uh, and again not a great offensive line for the Bengals. And uh, just rattle a, a young quarterback as much as you can and uh, get out of there with a win.
1: That has to be the, it uh, has to be what happens. They need to just dominate much like they did against the Patriots on offense. Just ground it in. Now I probably would just for health reasons, prefer that maybe Lamar wasn't doing as much of the running against the Bengals. Cause I think, or at least I would hope this is one of those games that he can kind of give himself a break in that regard, um, because it wouldn't necessarily be as needed. Um, but they just need to—they need to dominate. They need to shorten the game as much as possible, just and get home with a win.
0: Yeah, I got a prediction. I think this is going to be a big uh, Gus Edwards game. I think he's going to be one of the guys that gets really involved. Uh, Like you said, I mean, hopefully not too much is required uh, out of Lamar like it was uh, in Seattle, for example. But, um, yeah, I think I I just got a feeling that it's going to be a big Gus Edwards game, especially after a nice touchdown run against the Patriots. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a game that the Ravens should win. I mean, it's something that I always say, beat the teams that you should beat and crush the teams that you should crush. The Bengals right now are a team that the Ravens should crush. They are at 0 and 8, and you know they are coming off of a bye week, so they have an extra week of preparation for the Ravens, an extra week of preparation uh, for the quarterback. But still, there's no reason that the Ravens should lose this game. They should be favored on the road uh, for sure, and um, they just got to go in and take care of business. So, you want to get into a prediction?
1: I'm going to say 24 to seven.
0: Raven. okay yeah i'll go let's see i think they're gonna they're gonna keep riding this wave 34 31 ravens they're gonna run away with it and uh and dominate and and keep this thing rolling to get to their fifth straight win any notes before we sign off
1: you know just just to to add on to you know what our our pal mike uh, you know has has provided us as far as the you know being in the stadium and the excitement of the night. I mean, how cool was it to see some of the lighting effects and stuff mm-hmm. going on. You know, I it was interesting as I kept watching the game, you know, of course, especially after having experienced the Super Bowl where the lights went out. You know, it's like they would start to flicker for a yeah. minute and I'd like, oh, "Oh, what's going on?" and then I'd realize, "Oh, no, that's just their whole blackout thing they're trying to do." Um, I, I wonder if that's going to become more of a thing as we, I mean, cause it, it was so dark in there. I mean, I know, obviously it's a night game. I mean, duh, but it almost looked like <laughs> yeah. an arena,
0: you know what yeah. I
1: mean? When it, it yeah. was, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was certainly really cool. Um, a shout out to our guy, Ed Reed for his, uh, ring of honor induction. I mean, that was, that was awesome. I think they picked a fantastic night to do it you know prime time for the, at home for the first time and who, who knows when and uh you know that had to be pretty cool and um i did have Surprise. one note.
1: Oh, go ahead go ahead
0: i did have one note the ravens called it a blackout but wore white pants and i oh, think if they weird. i think if they wore black pants mark ingram doesn't get caught on his long run i think he would have scored oh. that if they were wearing all black Oh, he, he's, he would just be faster. And I, I well, like that. It would
1: have been slimming, too. So he might have been <laughs> able to, you know, escape the grasp just because he was that much slimmer. Um, now, right. I like that idea. I, I didn't understand that either. As soon as I saw them in white pants, that really didn't make any sense to me at all. But maybe they only have white and purple pants this year. Have they worn black pants yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, right they've the gone. They've they gone white okay. jersey, black pants uh, at okay. least once. But I don't know. That was yeah, just, that just my
1: no. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, fashion note for the game. I think I I, I agree with you. That was a little strange that mm-hmm. they called it a blackout and didn't have that. Um, I just one more note on Ed Reed before we sign off. You know, I was noticing before the game and some of the some of the pictures and things that. You know, he never really has a cigar out of his mouth. I'm surprised he didn't at least have, like, an unlit one in his mouth when he was introduced on the field. I mean, he was <laughs> taking pictures with fans with, like, like, like three-quarters of the way smoked cigar, and it was just kind of hilarious that he's got this cigar butt, and he's trying to, like, hold it and, like, Hold it away from fans as he's taking pictures with them and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, what? Like, just put the cigar down. But it's Ed Reed. I mean, you know, it's he's got to have a cigar at all times. I'm I'm just shocked that all that smoke during during uh, you know the team team uh, entrances wasn't just Ed Reed blowing <laughs> cigars. The- you know, <laughs> it might
0: it might have been at at ER five. 5- he at ER fine cigars is his Instagram account. And I'm telling you, he's a magician with those things.
1: Yeah. And you know, Ed, if you ever want to uh, join our illustrious, uh, you know, podcast sponsors, we're always, always happy
0: to plug Ed Reed's fine cigars. Yes, absolutely. All right. You want to sign us off? Well,
1: We've got the Bengals this coming week, but you know what? The afterglow from this win against the Patriots is going to last pretty much all week. So let's just bask in the glory that last night was and say go Ravens.
0: Go Ravens.